Wolfpack Ninja Podcast, Episode 13, Jason Robel, the Nutrition Ninja. Welcome to the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. And I'm Ian Dory. I'm Brian Arnold. And I'm Noah Kaufman, the Ninja Doc. Thanks for joining our weekly conversation about health, fitness, and all things Ninja Warrior. We will be interviewing all of the top American Ninja Warrior stars, and we encourage you to visit our website, www.wolfpackninjas.com. And kids, you can get your free Wolfpack Ninja Cub certificate there. If you like our podcast, please share, subscribe, and like on iTunes. Also, give us a follow on our social media. We're always posting new content, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Together, we can make the world a healthier and happier place. So join us. Okay, welcome back to the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. Today is really going to be an interesting episode. We do not have a top ninja. Well, he's not a top American ninja warrior anyways, but he is the nutrition ninja. We have Jason Robel today. This guy is America's healthiest chef. He dishes up a sublime fusion of food and humor to help you live to be 100. And he's on the cooking channel. He just authored a new book called Eternity, which has more than 150 deliciously easy vegan recipes for a long, healthy, satisfied, and joyful life. He's a really cool guy, and I got to talk to him today. You guys, you guys are going to love hearing what this guy had to say. And so today's episode is going to be dedicated to health and nutrition. And um, now, you guys haven't heard the interview yet, but what do you think about us interviewing a, a cooking ninja, this guy Jason Robel? He said vegan? Is that is that a type of donut? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that was too good. That was funny. That was hilarious. Yeah, so Brian is not known for not eating meat. In fact, Brian and Mac and Cheese are like best friends forever. Yeah, yeah. They go together all the time. But you know, it's important because nutrition is so fundamental to living a good life, a good healthy life, A, and B, being a good athlete if that's what you want to do. And, you know, I think there's been a big focus on, on weight and whatnot, but really, we just need to focus on eating good foods and how that affects our health and our performance overall. You can eat a very good, varied diet, and that's the bottom line. But how do you guys approach your nutrition? Um, for me, I kind of just pay attention to getting a balanced meal with um, carbs, protein, and fat. Um, I also, I just listen to my body. Like if I'm full, I just stop, you know, I don't like keep going past being full. Some days I'll eat more than other days, but I kind of just listen to what my body is saying to me. And I just, you know, if I had two eggs and toast for breakfast and I'm full, then I'm full. And then other days I might want to have pancakes, an omelet, some avocado too and not be full. Do you try and stay away from certain foods? I kind of just take everything in moderation and don't overeat. Mm -hmm. I just, when I'm full, I'm full and I stop, but I don't really stay away from too much. I'm not really like a soda drinker because I just don't care to. Like I really like sparkling water and I just like water in general and I'd prefer if I'm going to drink something that's not necessarily that good for you, I'd rather it be wine or beer. (laughs) Totally. How about you, Ian? I like to stay away from the sugars. Like, I will indulge myself every once in a while, but I really don't crave sugar. But I honestly, I think it's really important to eat a lot when you're training. Like, I I won't starve myself. Like, if I want to have a second helping or if my wife wants to have a second helping or my boy wants more food, I'm like, we're working out hard. We're training a lot. Let's eat a bunch. So I'm not, don't, don't starve yourself. Especially to lose weight if you want to do that. Brian, how do you eat? Yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of the same way as these two guys. I I think there's a huge component about making sure that you're getting what you need to rebuild after your workouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we all work out so hard. One of my biggest fears is not getting the nutrition that I need to to make the most out of my workouts because I'm putting a lot of time and effort into these workouts and they're hard and I want to make sure that I'm getting the most out of them and that includes giving my body what it needs so it can rebuild. Yeah, that's that's my main focus and I and I do try, um, especially as the season gets closer, I'll, I will 
cut down on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll try to eat more salads and stuff. Yeah. Um, just to keep my weight low because I am pretty. I'm pretty big for the climbing, but um, I really, it's more about just making sure my body has what it needs. You know, I want to tell you what I eat and what I do, and then let's listen to this interview and let's see if we're going to change our ways based on what Jason has to say. I'm kind of interested to hear what he has to say. My approach is generally, I get so out of shape in general in the off season and I start slipping. And when it's Thanksgiving and Christmas, I'm just like pounding it down. I'm eating a lot. And, you know, it definitely just makes me feel like I'm not sleeping as well. My body is not quite as strong. I don't even really look at my weight too much. I don't have a scale. I don't bother with it. But, you know, I think that overall, I just don't feel right. I just don't feel as healthy. And then come the come January, I generally get back on track and I start eating. I start eating a little bit better. Mostly I try and eat raw foods and I try and eat as healthy as I can. And I do feel like my sleep improves. I feel like my bowel habits improve. And I feel like my athleticism, my strength overall, things feel a little bit better. I just like, couldn't help but laugh because you said off-season. What's off-season? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking off-season about. Off-season <laughs> is when I'm busy saving lives in the ER, girl. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's when I'm working more, unfortunately. No, I think you bring up an interesting point. You're talking about off-season, and I think it comes down to you know, having that thing. Like Your thing is Ninja Warrior, and that turns you to training. And so if people or listeners can find that thing that dedicates them to you know fitness and activity and then nutrition just naturally comes you know into that role like you want to get as strong as possible you have to start incorporating good nutrition so yeah i I think you're absolutely right let's go ahead and give a listen to jason robel he's the the host of a popular youtube channel the j rose show and that showcases healthy recipes lifestyle transformation tips and Epicurean Entertainment. He has a TV series, How to Live to 100, on the Cooking Channel, and that was the first primetime vegan cooking series in TV history. So that's pretty cool. It's taught people worldwide how to prepare easy and nutritious plant-based foods. So let's hear what Jason has to say, and then we'll reconvene after. Let's do it. Woohoo! So Jason, it's so good to have you on the show. Thanks for being a part of uh, the Wolfpack Ninja podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Noah. I've, I've been looking forward to this for a while and uh, have just really enjoyed our dialogue through email and, and all the great questions you've been throwing at me. Yeah, well, one thing that you know we're really interested in right away is how did you find out about Ninja Warrior or what's your interest in, in ninjas? I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, first of all, you know, just was looking around for more information because I've I've started doing a lot more weight training and uh, and you know body resistance exercises, trying to strengthen my body. So, just getting that consistent inspiration of of looking at what you guys are able to do as competitors is truly inspiring for me. It gives me a a really high bar to shoot for. And uh, I actually was was interestingly enough just at the Natural Products Expo in Anaheim a, a few weeks back yeah. here in Southern Cal, and uh, I work with a company called Sun Warrior. They're a, a vegan protein and, and supplement company. And they had a couple of ninjas there. One was Tarzan. Oh, yeah. Modern Tarzan. Uh... Modern Tarzan. Yeah. Yeah. He was there. He was at the booth. They were doing crazy stuff. And then um, Travis. Travis Brewer. Yeah. Travis Brewer. Yeah. They were both there for two days. And man, they were showing me some acro moves and, you know, getting my confidence up. Because, you know, my whole thing is is I, I feel, especially in the last 13 months as I've been doing this strength routine, yeah. doing a lot of weight training and, and resistance training, I can feel my physical strength is greater than it's ever been in my adult life. But the thing for me, man, is fear of heights. Oh, yeah. It, it's tough for it's tough for everybody. Yeah. So it's interesting to feel, you know, that that physical strength through the nutrition I've been I've been dialing in and, and the weight training regimen. But when they got me up like on their shoulders and I was getting up, you know, 10 feet off the ground, I'm thinking, oh, my God, how do you get used to this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those guys are doing it off of like telephone poles and all over the place. They're actually ironically going to be on some of the shows just after you. So uh, it, it's going to be good to hear what they have to say as well. Right on. Yeah, it sounds like you've been training quite a bit, um, and you know, obviously, you are like the food ninja. You're you're kind of the the, the cooking ninja. 
And ninjas focus on health and nutrition and exercise. And so you have a lot that we can, we can learn. And we're, we're pretty excited about that. You know, when did you first get into cooking or when did you realize you had a love for food and health? I've always had a love for food. I was, I was really blessed to grow up in a, a really interesting culinarily diverse family, uh, Polish on my mom's side, Puerto Rican and Spanish on my dad's side. So we had some really interesting ethnic dishes all the time growing up in Detroit. And when I really discovered my passion for health, I was in my late teens. My grandfather had just passed away from cancer. And I thought, you know, there's something about this equation that doesn't make sense, that, yeah. that everyone's attitude in my family was like, oh, that's just what happens. You get in your 80s and 90s, you're going to get cancer or diabetes or heart disease and you die. And it didn't resonate with me. Something about that, that ideology, I just thought, hmm. That doesn't make any sense. There's something else here. So, yeah. you know, I, I moved from a standard American diet. I started voraciously researching holistic health, healing the body, nutrition, uh, which eventually led me into experimenting with, you know, superfoods and vegetarianism and veganism. And I honestly haven't looked back in about 20 years now. Um, wow. I remember standing in my mom's kitchen, you know, and being like, I think I'm a vegan now. <laughs> It was the weirdest thing, you know, and, 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 and I don't get hung up on the title, Noah, you know, it's not, um, Oh, sure, sure. You know, I'm the, I'm the most approachable, fun, uh, easygoing vegan you'll probably ever meet because for me, I just want people to focus on what works for their bodies. And I know that for a lot of people, if they just dial in more fresh, organic fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, and grains, they're going to start to feel better. So with everything I teach nutritionally and from a creative, you know, culinary perspective, it's just to get people playing with their food, experimenting, and seeing how they feel. So before we get into you know some of the the finer points of the diet and the food, the nutrition, some of the things you recommend, tell us how you got into TV and specifically the cooking channel and tell us about your show. Yeah, I started my YouTube series almost seven years ago, 2009, when, when YouTube was kind of still, still in its infancy. It was only around for about three years at that point. And I saw a need for people doing nutrition education and fun, healthy recipes because everyone I saw at that time was kind of like, okay, so what you want to do <laughs> is chop the portobello mushrooms. And it was right. like, oh, my God, this is, this is horrible. horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> so I thought, you know, what if someone just comes on, mixes some comedy in there, some craziness, and shows people how fun, you know, actually eating healthy food can be? It doesn't have to be a drag. Right. And uh and I kinda like to say that I am the Justin Bieber of food. <laughs> yes. Um, because I was discovered on YouTube by by some producers and, and we eventually crafted a, a treatment and a concept for a show that got picked up by the Food Network. Um and Food Network is a subsidiary of, of Scripps International. They also own the cooking channel. So, you know, we got picked up, we shot a pilot. Pilot did great. It was actually, you know, the the number one right rated pilot of that year, and we got uh, greenlit for a series. Wow! We did a full series. Uh, I'm sorry, a season on the Cooking Channel. The show is called How to Live to 100. And you know, we did we did pretty well. We didn't crush it. Uh, in my opinion, we did. But in the general public sense, the ratings weren't uh, through the roof. So we did one season. That's all we did. The one season is still in rerun, so people can still catch it on uh, Mondays. Uh, Monday mornings at 8 a.m. They can still catch it on TV. Well, that is really cool. I, I can't wait to see it myself. You know, I have, I have to admit I haven't seen one of them yet, but I'm looking forward to, you know, some of your next projects. And I've read your book and it's awesome. Eternity is super cool. I, I like how you integrate these ideas of you can make these normal, normal, seemingly normal foods. You can make them healthy, you know, and, and the things that we're we're eating, if you just put a little bit of thought in it, you can, you can make a lot of things healthy through creativity and, and whatnot. What, what led you to that idea? It was honestly an offshoot of the show. Uh, Eternity was actually my, my original title that I pitched to Food Network for the series. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And they were like, uh, it's pretty good. I was like, no, 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 it's really good. And if you guys don't want it, <laughs> I'm going to file it away for something else. And, uh, you know, the, the series is really focused on, you know, functional nutrition and optimized eating for longevity and health. That was the whole purpose of the show. Yeah. Uh, we did it in a really fun way with, with some sitcom skits and some animation. It was really a high production value. But a lot of the concepts that, that you can't really go that deep into, you know, in a 30-minute episode, 
I wanted to put in, you know, a 400 page book. So a lot of the concepts in terms of, you know, detox and eating for a healthy heart, eating for better sex, better sleep, muscle building, a lot of the concepts that I, I did a broad brush stroke on the TV series, I'm going into much, much deeper detail here in the book in terms of the nutrients you want to accomplish those specific physical things, the foods that contain those nutrients, and then recipes where you can use those foods that contain those nutrients. So I did it in a very logical, very fluid approach here. Yeah, so let's just jump right in. Tell What are some of the best natural foods for athletic performance? What would you think about that? You know, from what I've seen, there are so many amazing plant-based foods that I take in terms of not only pre-workout and then also recovery. So some of my favorite foods that I'm taking right now for pre-workout is a combination of, uh, of mushrooms, actually. People are like, will you take mushrooms <laughs> for performance? Yeah. Actually, yeah. There, there's, um, there's an amazing mushroom out there called cordyceps that uh, the Japanese Olympic team has, has been taking for decades. And they've shown some really interesting studies in uh, not only increasing the ATP energy, overall energy in the body with taking these cordyceps mushrooms, you know, more efficient respiration, greater athletic performance. So what I do is I'll make a pre-workout shake with some cordyceps, uh, a couple other mushrooms that are great for uh, anti-inflammatory response while you're working out. There's a reishi mushroom. Uh, there's a, a shaga mushroom, which is usually native to Russia and the eastern United States. There's a South American berry that has a natural source of caffeine. And it's called guarana. And man, that stuff is like not enough like, like coffee where it's going to crack you out. But you put that in a pre-workout shake and you're just like off to the races, man. Um, you know, in terms of, of really, um, you know, keeping it going, if I start to feel like, say, maybe – I don't know, 45 minutes or 60 minutes into my training yeah. that I can kind of feel like my glycogen stores are going down a bit. Right. What I'm really a big fan of is, is popping like some fresh dried figs to keep those glycogen stores up, uh, a handful of goji berries, which actually have all of your essential amino acids. That's an amazing functional workout supplement are, are goji berries. And then there's a supplement out right now called PQQ, and it's super amazing. This is actually something that, again – boosts the mitochondrial production, boosts ATP energy. Wow. So I'll pop, a, I'll pop a vial or two of this PQQ and holy, it's amazing. So I kind of feel like a mad scientist sometimes because, you know, not only am I I'm looking at what's going to be optimal for me in building that physical strength, but what's going to keep the endurance up and, and also increase, you know, decrease that recovery time. I didn't even touch on recovery, but got a whole host of items that I use for my recovery routine as well. Right. So so real quick, you know, all these mushrooms, people might be like, oh my God, in a smoothie, mushrooms, this must be disgusting. I mean, does it does it taste <laughs> gross? No, 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 not at all. It's um, uh, what they do is they, when, when you, when I say mushrooms, people probably are thinking of like, you know, white button mushrooms or right. shiitake or portobello. Sure. These, these mushrooms have a much more neutral taste. So you can dial in, say, like a half teaspoon of each in your pre-workout, shake it up with whatever juice or your, your, your non-dairy milk or your water, and it doesn't have that overpowering fungal taste to it. It's actually quite benign. I see. So you can kind of hide it. You can embed it into a smoothie. 100%. Now, just, just in general, smoothies. Now, you must be a total smoothie master. Right? You know, I know you've won ice cream competitions and... <laughs> you've, you've obviously you're, you're the cooking ninja. I mean, you're obviously a smoothie master. So, what are some really great basic recipes for all the ninjas out there, and you know, maybe even for the kids out there that are a healthy alternative to throwing a scoop of ice cream, an egg, and a whole bunch of chocolate syrup in a in a blender? I'll give you a, a just a basic recipe I make almost every day, and I'll, I'll vary it. But oh, great smoothies to me are just one of the best ways to get a small serving size but maximum nutrient density. So one of the things that I really espouse is, is people moving away from psychotically obsessing over calorie counting yes, and focusing on, on the balance and density of the nutrients in their food. No one's really thinking about you know, having an efficient assimilable dosage of as many nutrients as possible. They're like, oh my God, there's 500 calories. I'm like, no, 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 no. Think about your nutrient density, man, because mm, that's what's going to satiate you. It's not the caloric intake because here's the thing. People can sit down. Before I get into the smoothie recipe, I just need to say this. Yes, yes. People can sit down and they can have a 2,000 calorie meal at a fast food restaurant. Right. But then two hours later, they're still hungry. 
because the calories aren't necessarily what is satiating the body's needs. It's the nutrients in the food. Interesting. Yes. Now, now caloric intake obviously is important for you know burning the calories, having a, an efficient system of energetics. But yeah. the nutrients is what I want to focus on. So in smoothies, man, what I love to do is I'll get something like a coconut milk. I love coconut milk for the simple reason that it has uh, medium chain triglycerides. So the saturated fat, the, the MCT oils in coconut are amazing because what they do is they actually bypass the liver in the body so they can be immediately used as energy. It's a very unique fat and a, and, and a delivery system that is unique to coconut and coconut alone. So those MCTs in the coconut milk and coconut oil are amazing as an energy source. That's fascinating. That is amazing. That's great beta right there. Yeah. So throw in some organic coconut milk. I will toss in like a, a form of greens. Like I love kale because it's, it's a good source of protein. It's high in vitamin K, which is good for bone density, good for bone health. Or I'll throw in a really high antioxidant green like a, a bunch of watercress, which is great for keeping our cells healthy. So throw in my greens. I'll throw in some low glycemic fruit, like a, not a high sugar fruit. I'll throw in maybe like blueberries, blackberries, a little bit of strawberries. Uh, if I want to make it a little sweeter, I'll use a zero glycemic sweetener like a stevia, which is amazing. Tastes great. Uh, I'll throw in usually um, for extra protein maybe some hemp seeds. They're up to 33% protein by weight some chia seeds for extra omega fatty acids, which are great for your heart. If I want to, I'll get an organic uh, raw vegan protein powder like Sun Warrior I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. Really, really great, really digestible, uh, has 25 grams of protein per serving. I'll throw in maybe some maca powder to boost my testosterone, boost my libido, and a handful of goji berries because goji berries are one of the only food that boosts your their human growth hormone naturally, actually. Goji berries is one of the only foods in nature that does that. Yeah, I read a little bit about that. That's incredible. Now, tell us a little bit more uh, about that. And maybe maybe let's finish the smoothie first because I'm drooling. This is delicious sounding. But let's go back to the HGH after that. Yeah, well, well, that's about it. I mean, I threw in the berries, threw in the greens, threw in the protein, the, the chia seeds. You blend that up. You throw in a little bit of ice if you need to. Or if the fruit is frozen, you won't need the extra ice. Right, right. And I got to say, you have that first thing in the morning. And it's one of those things that can carry you, you know, three, four hours because it's so nutrient dense. You have two, you know, two cups of that, 32 ounces of that smoothie. You're set, man. You're, you're, you're going ferociously. That sounds delicious. I am... I, we're going to write that recipe down in the show notes and, so that people can enjoy it. And more importantly, they can just reference your book, Eternity, which is is going to be awesome. So tell us now a little bit about the human growth hormone in the goji berries. Now, I didn't know this. Yeah, so HGH is something that I'm I'm really focused on. You know, obviously, one of the biggest things that people are always like, oh, dude, as a vegan, how do you get your protein? It's Right. I mean, that's, that's so easy because – you know, there are so many vegan sources, plant-based sources of complete protein. You know, there's 11 essential amino acids. There's so many great plant-based sources of L-glutamine, L-lysine, arginine, all these branched-chain amino acids that we can use to build strong, healthy muscle. So protein's not even an issue anymore. But I'm super interested, especially for men as we age, I I'm going to be pushing 40 soon in about a year, is you know, I realize that my HGH has gone down since my 20s, obviously. If I'm focused on keeping that growth hormone to keep my strength up, my muscle recovery, you know, keeping my skin looking great, just looking, you know, looking young and hot as long as possible. Right, right. We look at things like pineapple and goji berries are two ingredients that have been shown in clinical tests to actually boost our human growth hormone. But here's something even more interesting, Noah, is they have done research showing that intermittent fasting is actually one of the best and most natural ways to boost HGH. So um, really? a few years ago, yeah, a few years ago, um, it was the Virginia Medical School. Yeah, it was the Internal Medicine Department at Virginia Medical School did a test where they took men from age 21 to 36 and they fasted intermittently for five days as their HGH levels were monitored. And what they discovered was, was really amazing. So at the 24-hour mark, from baseline to the 24-hour mark at the first day, their HGH levels were as high as 2,000% higher from baseline. Wow. Wow. If we take periods, like if it's on a Sunday, right, that's the easiest for me. Sundays are usually my most chill day. Yeah. I'll just do a liquid fast the whole day. I'll do water. I might do a little juice, a little broth. But I want to I fast as long as possible with no solid food or no, no food, period. 
because I know the next day when I hit the gym, I can feel more anabolic. I'm just like, whoa, you know, I, I can feel the physical effects of that fasting. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I've experimented a little bit with it myself, uh, more after having watched programs that basically said you can live longer by fasting and, and it has an effect on longevity. So not just HGH, but it seems like there's some real good you know, science out there to back up uh, improved longevity just overall. I mean, the, the studies they did with mice, for example, the mice that ate less, that they gave less of a caloric intake to, they lived a lot longer. And it, it's there's still a lot that needs to be done uh, with this research, but it, it's fascinating to hear. And there may be an association with the human growth hormone and fasting and longevity overall. Absolutely. It's great that you bring that up because um, there's an amazing book called The Blue Zones out there. It came out about maybe four or five years ago. They did a lot of research with these blue zones, which are are the places on the planet where the highest concentrations of centenarians live. Those are the people living well, living healthy, past age 100. Right, right. And they noticed, like you said, that that in these human subjects, not intentionally, just by virtue of how they've been eating naturally for 100 years plus – they engage in some form of caloric restriction, Interesting. Meaning, they're, meaning they're eating consistently less than 3,000 calories a day on average. And, and what they're doing is they're eating smaller, more nutrient-dense meals from locally grown foods in their native area more often throughout the day. So rather than sitting down for a massive breakfast and yeah. a massive lunch and a massive dinner with these huge portion sizes – they might snack throughout the day and have smaller meals, which keeps their metabolism going, or they'll fast for longer periods because here's my theory. The food is more mineralized. Uh, the, the minerals in the soil in those areas have had a higher concentrations of minerals and nutrients. So I think they're eating more nutritious food and as a consequence, don't need as high of a volume of that food. Interesting. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. You know, and actually, we spoke a little bit about, and you mentioned the term glycemic index and high glycemic index and low glycemic index. Do you have an easy way to explain that to our listeners? Uh, what is the glycemic index? Yeah, so glycemic index is a, is a measure in foods. You can actually, on certain sweeteners, they'll have a, a rating on there like that says a, a GI of 20 or a GI of 30, a GI of 10. And this is to measure basically the response in the blood sugar in the human body. So if something like let's say corn syrup or, or agave nectar has a, G, a GI of, of 30, 35, you know that that is going to more acutely affect your human blood sugar and spike it as opposed to a zero glycemic sweetener, like as I mentioned, a stevia, which has a GI of zero right. or a xylitol or a, there's a monk fruit sweetener that's becoming popular out of China now. All those are zero glycemic sweeteners. And when, when we ingest those, we notice that there isn't that blood sugar spike. There isn't that, that, that you know, insulin surge that you can have when you're taking a high sugar or high GI sweetener. So what I encourage people is you know, get your sugars from natural sources like fruit, berries, and fresh fruits, and dried fruits. And if you're going to sweeten your meals – Use things like coconut sugar. Use things like coconut nectar or stevia because those are much lower on the glycemic index scale. Yeah, that's great advice. And, you know, right now our country is facing this horrendous epidemic of diabetes and, you know, 30% of our kids are overweight or obese. And so a lot of it is the processed foods that we're eating. And I'm sure you have a lot to say about this. But how can overall, you know, what is a good way for people to just make that change and not have to go whole hog and get the mushrooms and get the this and the that that it's going to be hard for them to find? What's an easy way for people to change up? You know, I think gradual substitution is is the most efficient and effective way of people gradually moving toward a healthier way of living. And I've done this because that was how I moved from a completely standard American diet into eating much healthier and, and, and having all this, this energy and, and, you know, vitality that I feel now. And I've seen it with clients that I've worked with, whether it's, you know, the celebrity clients here in LA or just average people online helping them in their health journey is that if you try and go from zero to a hundred too quickly, not only can you detox too fast and, and you can release way too many toxins in the body, but you can, you can have this psychological feeling of deprivation, like you're giving too much up. Mm, interesting. Yeah. 
So what I always recommend, and I actually have a substitution chart in my book where if people are looking to move away from things like using a lot of butter and using a lot of heavy fats and animal products and processed ingredients, there are some great substitutions that we can get at our regular grocery stores now. We don't have to go to health food stores anymore. We can find these healthy substitutions at places like Costco and Target and Walmart. And a lot of our mainstream chains now are carrying things like you know, organic virgin coconut oil that I mentioned, which you can use as an amazing substitute for butter. Um, they've got things like coconut bacon and tempeh bacon instead of regular pork bacon, way lower in fat and way lower in cholesterol. Um, you know, there are like probiotic, you know, cheeses now, vegan cheeses that are coming out in the mainstream. There's all these zero glycemic sweeteners that you can go to these mainstream chains and they've got them available now. So what I recommend is for someone to look at maybe something that's a real challenge in their diet right now. And if you can substitute one thing at a time and keep a food journal and just write in there how you feel, like maybe instead of white sugar this week, you try out the stevia or the coconut sugar and you say, you know what? I actually felt better. I I didn't feel that sugar crash afterward. I think I might start using this. And if we just dial in one thing at a time gradually, I think that's the best way for people to get to a healthier lifestyle. That that really makes sense. What, what do you think about people who have trouble sleeping or, or trouble with bowel or bladder habits? I mean, do you think it can help across the board, or do you think it's really just, you know, focused on on health and fitness? You know, I, it's interesting you bring this up because I don't I don't feel like if if people have a health issue or a health challenge, it's an isolated thing. You know, sleep is such a perfect example because. You know, there can be so many factors as to why people aren't getting good sleep. You know, part of it can be nutritionally. Part of it can be the fact that, you know, they're not getting enough B-complex vitamins. They're not getting enough magnesium. Mm. Magnesium is a, a critical mineral for relaxing our nervous system, especially at night. That's the last thing, actually, Noah, that I, I ingest before I go to bed is I'll take some uh, liquid magnesium. I'll put it in a little bit of water, drink that down, and go to bed because – I've noticed a palpable difference in just calming my nervous system down and reducing stress. Cool. Wow. You know, there's a lot of really simple ingredients too that are, are tremendous for good sleep. Uh, almonds, bananas, dark cherries are a great natural ambient, uh, chickpeas, jasmine rice, passionflower, oatmeal, walnuts. I, I mean, there's so many regular ingredients that people don't know yeah. can help their body relax and actually increase more melatonin, help get more tryptophan in their body. And these are all key nutrients that can help them sleep. But I think beyond the nutrition, brother, it's, it's people are overstimulated in our culture. They're taking way too many stimulants, way too much caffeine. Yeah. We, we live in a culture where people are sleep deprived because they're working too hard. And I think it's not just the nutrition. It's, it's dialing in more sustainable lifestyle habits where we're getting that solid sleep. You know, we can go get the blackout shades, put those over our windows in our bedroom. That increases melatonin. We unplug the EMF fields at night. You know, unplug the Wi-Fi, turn your phone off. Unless you're a doctor like you, that might be a little hard to turn the <laughs> yeah. phone off. Sometimes, yeah. But it's all these little steps that honestly add up to crafting a conscious lifestyle where we can rejuvenate and replenish ourselves and not be so burnt out all the time. Yeah, life really does seem to have gotten a, a little bit more complicated with all the the electrical doodads and gadgets, and it, it is hard to think about a time when people stayed in the same town and you know didn't have phones and didn't have TVs, and it really wasn't that long ago when you think about no. it, you know. And and so we're changing so rapidly, and we don't know what the effects of all that are. But I think your focus on nutrition are, are really poignant, and maybe more so now than than ever. And uh, obviously, you've had some very, really interesting celebrities who have come to you for for advice or, you know, tell us a little bit about your work with some celebrities. Yeah, I, it's an interesting world because you grow up watching certain people in, in movies and TV and, and music, what have you, and you have this idea in your mind of like, oh my God, so-and-so must be this way. But when you meet them and you you get a glimpse at their inner lives and and you know, their hopes and dreams and struggles and fears, you realize they're humans, right. you know, they're, they're not these deities that we, we make them out to be in the media. You know, they have the same struggles and dreams and fears we all do. And, and in terms of health, you know, I've had the great pleasure of working with, uh, you know, people like Jeremy Piven, uh, Woody Harrelson, I did two films with him, which was 
such a you know such a dream come true. I've been a huge fan of his for years, and he was such a delight to work with. And oh, that's so cool! As a result of working with Woody, you know that that led me to having the blessing to make food for Robin Wright and Sigourney Weaver. Uh, I fed Steve Buscemi a smoothie one time. <laughs> I made ice cream for John C. Riley and uh, uh, Russell Simmons, Isabella Johnny, uh, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and and. It's fun because, you know, when one person gets on board and they're like, oh, dude, you got to try this guy's food, you know, all their friends come and they're like, oh, we got to try your food. Right, right, right. You know, in in that particular aspect of the business, word of mouth is is the most powerful marketing tool. For sure. You know, friend to friend saying like, Jason does great food. He made me feel better. You got to check out his stuff. So, you know, everybody I've met has been very gracious, very, very down to earth, very fun. You know, I mean, Robin Wright, one of my, one of my funniest stories, we were doing a rap party for a movie she was in, you know, we're, we're bowling and she grabs me and and throws me in the lane. We start dancing in the bowling lanes together. And (laughs) it's just, you know, they're, they're just fun, good people. So I've never had a nightmare client, knock on wood. Yeah. And everyone's just been so badass and so amazing. One thing that's really cool is I'm a, an emergency physician and I look at you kind of like a medicine man. It's really cool. And there's so much that I don't know about nutrition, but that I feel is so fundamentally important to our health. And it's such an important part. You know, I, unfortunately, I my whole life is, my work life is dealing with, you know, when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. And your whole work life, generally speaking, although you help people with disease, is, you know, let's keep you healthy. Let's get you as vibrant, as vivacious as you can be. And, and here's how we're going to do it, you know, by enjoying these natural foods, which are almost like natural medicine to keep you healthy. Yeah. And so I, I really, I really, really respect that. And I have a lot to learn from you as well, uh, Jason. It's it's amazing. And and that's why part of the reason why I love your book, Eternity, is is really cool. And and that's pretty much launching like now, right? Yeah. Uh, U.S., Canada, and the United Kingdom, April 5th. Uh, at the end of the month, it'll be Australia and India, and then more countries, South America, uh, other places on the earth later in the year. So so we're getting this all over the world, and it's just, it's surreal, man. It's surreal in the best way to think that you know people in India are going to be able to buy my book. It's, it's trippy. How do people – you know, get in touch with you um, if, if, especially if they're celebrities and they, they want you cooking or teaching them how to, to create the foods and the health that you're creating. I am, uh, I'm easily stalkable online. So uh, people can find me at my website. Uh, it's jasonrobel.com, W R O B as in boy, E L.com. Uh, my new book, Eternity, you can get it on amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, IndieBound, uh, again in the Canada and UK, if any international listeners are tuning in. And then on uh, social media, Twitter and Instagram, my handle is at Jason Robel. My YouTube channel is Jason Robel TV. I'm on Pinterest. Uh, I'm on Snapchat. I am easily, easily findable all over the internet. <laughs> that is so awesome. And we're going to have all that information, including the book on our show notes, and that'll be at wolfpackninjas.com. And uh, I think we got to get this message out out there. Jason, I know we're going to have you back. You're an incredible inspiration to not only us, but, you know, soon to be all the ninjas. I mean, we're, we're on board because we're all experimenting with nutrition nonstop. And it's really exciting, a lot of the things you have to say. And it's a real eye-opener for us because, you know, ninjas are always looking for ways to get better. And, and so we, we thank you for that. It's been amazing having you be a part of these shows, and you're a great guy, Jason. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, Noah. Thanks for having me today, brother. Wow, that was such an interesting interview with Jason Robel. I think it's always interesting to hear other people's take on nutrition, and especially coming from someone who eats meat to hear someone who is cooking the vegan way. It's always interesting to hear the points and other ways I could add that into my diet. I really like the chia seed thing. I love chia seeds. I don't know about you guys, but the chia oh, yeah. squeeze thing, ugh, it's like my favorite snack. So it's cool. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, I just want to say first and foremost, as a physician, it is important to to note that for kids out there, kids don't need to diet. You know, kids should be reducing sugar in their diets. I think we're overly addicted to sugar in this country. But overall, there's no need for kids to diet. I think that he mentioned fasting, which was really interesting. And I I may experiment with that personally, because uh, there's been some interesting studies that support it. And I know there's also studies that show that longevity is tied to 
uh, intermittent fasting. And so that's pretty interesting as well. Uh, but for kids, I don't think it's a good idea for kids to be fasting or dieting or, or, or doing anything like that. Try and reduce sugars, but that's kind of more the parent's responsibility to, to make sure the kids don't have as much soda all the time or, or just juices without fiber. But it was a really interesting interview. I also love chia seeds. I drink them in my kombucha. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. Brian, you're also a big meat eater. What did you think about what he had to say about a plant-based diet? I do try to eat a lot of greens, um, especially in the springtime. Um, I like, you know, I love fresh vegetables, um, but I like my fresh vegetables with meat. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't I can't see myself just eating, eating, eating vegan. It would be very difficult for me. I feel like a lot of my power comes from, um, all the protein that I get to replace all this, all the muscle I'm tearing down. So I, it's just, it's maybe it's just a habit. Maybe I could experiment around. It's just, it's my life. It's just how I eaten for years. Do you think it's possible based on some of the things that he had to say that, you know, if you took the meat out or maybe took a lot of it out, and incorporated some of his ideas. Do you think it would be worth an experiment to try and and see if that would improve your endurance or your athleticism at all? I mean, would it be worth it to you or you know, no, I don't think it is. I I enjoy eating meat. I just can't see myself <laughs> um moving away from it and I know I don't feel satisfied unless I eat a balanced diet. And and balanced to me is having that meat on my plate. I do know that meat does provide some of the things like naturally occurring, uh, like creatine and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's some, I'm sure there's other things. Uh, you know, for every study out there that says vegan diets are the most healthy or something, I'm sure you could go and find uh, a diet that says something the same about people eat a lot of meat. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that, Ian. Yeah, I would be willing to experiment with it. I think it'd be fun just to test and see if I did, you know, have an increase in my endurance or power or something, but it would be really hard to cut out the chicken. I, I love to cook Asian food and throw chicken in there and put some sauces. <laughs> so it'd be, it'd be tough, but it, it might be fun. Tofu so, doesn't sound better than chicken. <laughs> I like tofu a lot, actually, so... But, but with chicken. With both, yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with tofu, tofu, but I like my tofu with tofu. chicken. <laughs> no, I know, I, know, I know that you've gone vegan before, and then you've moved back, and I remember you yeah. telling me that you felt more energy when you moved back and you were eating meat. So what's your thoughts on it? So here's the interesting thing. I, I for, for health reasons and for cholesterol and whatnot, my cholesterol was a bit high, and my grandfather had a heart attack in his 40s. So, you know, I'm 40 and I started to think about it. My cholesterol is a little bit high. I wasn't really doing it for climbing or to lose weight or anything like that. I just wanted to see if it made a difference. So for about a year, yeah, I turned vegan and I just ate a plant-based diet. And I never had more energy. Man, I slept so well. My bowel habits were amazing. And I felt, I felt really, really good overall. But you know what? Over about a year, I did. I started to lose power. And I was not quite as strong. And I'm not sure if that's because I was doing it wrong. And maybe if I followed some of Jason's tips, maybe there's a way that I could do it. But I definitely felt better overall. I felt clearer minded and I, I did feel better without the meat. But I needed the meat to come back to, to have the power to be able to throw my body around. That's what I felt. And so now I still eat meat, but I try and eat it just only like once a week, and I try and stay away from red meats. I don't eat red meats very often, so I'll eat uh, chicken or fish because I really do agree with some of the things he had to say. Um, there were some very, very interesting things he had to say. For me, I think it would be challenging just to, to transfer over and then learn enough information to have a healthy-based vegan diet and continue to perform the way that I that I am. I mean, there's just so much that goes into being vegan. And maybe if I was watching his TV show and, and read his, his book or had his cookbook, then maybe that would help. But it's just like adding one more thing to the plate. So it would be a lot of dedication, which could be worth it, but I don't know. Okay, no. So as a doctor, um, I don't know if you've read any studies or anything about when you're switching your diet up like that, 
does it take a while for your body to adapt? Because I'm sure your body maybe is used to burning sugar if you eat a lot of sugar and then you cut that out. What kind of shock? What kind of, does that, are there any studies? Absolutely. You know, there, there are intermittent studies. The problem with studies are there's different kinds of studies, right? There's observational studies. There's double-blinded studies. And really, there's a lot of confounding variables or, or problems with all these studies where, you know, it could be the weather in that area affected the outcome instead of what you're actually trying to study. So the studies I've read, you know, you got to take all of them with a proverbial, with a grain of salt, right? And really, what I can tell you is based on my medical experience and my expertise is, yes, it takes time. It takes probably three months three to four months for any big change that you do in your body. And that includes quitting smoking, quitting alcohol. That includes healing from a fracture. You know, it takes three to six months for your body to start to change and get the results of a healthier or even a less healthy lifestyle. So that's why people don't feel less healthy right away when they start smoking or doing, you know, things that are unhealthy. And, and so absolutely, it does take some time to uh, change up. And, you know, I read Jason's book and I got to tell you, he has, he's nailed it. It's very, very healthy recipes. Uh, I'm going to give you guys the PDF as well that he forwarded to us. I'm going to incorporate some of his recipes into what we do. I really think he's onto something here. I do think that personally and as a physician, I agree with you guys. There is a place for meat. I would prefer prefer grass-fed, naturally raised, hormone-free, you know, organic type of meats if you can. But I think that there is a place for meat in our diet. And I just don't think that evolutionary speaking, it needs to be on every plate. And that's why me and my family, we try and have meat maybe once a week or every other week. Well, I'm interested um, if we can get an interview with Tim Sheath because... I know he's a big vegan and he's very outspoken about oh, right, right. animal rights and stuff like that. So I'd be curious to see if he noticed a difference when he switched. Yeah, I'll try and get him on the lineup. Anyways, let's get to our tips, guys. Uh, Jason will be back next episode. He had a lot to say and we have a lot more to hear from him. Okay, so sometimes I'll be having a conversation with someone and they'll ask a question about, well, why didn't Ian hang from his legs on the flying bars on the third stage so he could rest longer? Or why didn't you when you're on the third stage? Well, a lot of people don't realize is that there are a lot of rules that we go over before we run the course. And there are certain things that you are allowed and not allowed to do on some obstacles. On the third stage, a lot of times you are not allowed to put your feet up on any of the hanging obstacles. That actually goes for a lot of the obstacles on the show. When you see us all doing the obstacle the same way, it's probably because the show has specifically told us these are the rules for this obstacle. So you're not allowed to hang from your feet from the flying bars. You're not allowed to put your feet on the cliffhanger either. When you're climbing across a cliffhanger, you're not allowed to throw a heel up there and do a heel hook. There's rules like that that a lot of people don't realize. Also on the third stage, we're only allowed two rests, usually for about 30 seconds, in between each obstacle. So if you're wondering, wait a second, why didn't the guy just sit on the platform longer and rest until he got it all back? Well, we're not allowed to just sit there forever. We have to move after 30 seconds. And what you guys aren't seeing is the producers offset or off camera telling us, hey, your 30 seconds is up, you got to move or you're disqualified. So there are a lot of things like that you guys don't see. So if you have any questions for us, submit them via social media and I will get you an answer if I know it. If you're a female athlete, you basically live with your hair in a ponytail. Unfortunately, this is not that great for your hair. But luckily, there is an easy way to help keep your hair as healthy as it can be. Coconut oil hair masks are amazing. What's really great about this is you can use the same coconut oil that you cook with. Try once a week putting coconut oil in your hair for 30 minutes, then rinsing it off after and going to bed. You'll see some awesome results. Last episode, we talked about heart attacks and how deadly they are. 
There has been some anecdotal evidence that cutting out all meat and dairy and animal products and switching to a completely vegetarian diet can reverse coronary artery disease, which is the condition where which blockages are building up in the arteries that feed the heart. If you are overweight and middle-aged and a smoker, you have a chance to save your own life right now. Stop smoking, decrease dairy and meat, increase fruits and vegetables drastically. This will have so many secondary positive benefits, you will be amazed. If you are healthy, then spread the word to someone who needs it. They will appreciate it, and you may just save their life. For everyone that wants to start ninja training, or even if you've been training for a while now, here's something that you can add into your routine. Finger strength is critical to being a ninja, and doing specific exercises for your hands three times a week can greatly improve your overall skill. If you're at the gym or at home, find some holds that are one to two pads wide. If you don't know what I mean by pad, flip over your hand and look at your fingers. Starting at the tip of your finger, you can see distinct sections, and from the top down, you have pad one, two, and three. Knowing this, grab onto something that is one to two pads wide and hang with your shoulders engaged, not hanging into your shoulder sockets. Do this three times with 30 second hangs and one minute rest between. This is a great way to start your finger training, but remember to always listen to your body and never overtrain. Well, that just about does it for our first part in a two-part series with Jason Robel, the Nutrition Ninja. Join us next week for some pretty amazing recipes, new ideas in advancing performance nutrition. And, I mean, he's got a lot of great things to say. So we really welcome Jason, and his interview next week is just as good as this one. So be sure to join us. We also have some pretty amazing interviews coming up. We've got Jeff Britton, a two-part Jeff Britton and uh, also Nicholas Coolridge and Travis Brewer, and then Casey Cantanzaro, Ryan Stratus joined us. We've got Evan Dollard. Some really great stuff. So make sure that you stick around, and the podcast will keep coming. Hey, everyone. This is Rich from the Armchair Ninja Podcast. Join me and my co-host, Bijan, each week as we do episode recaps of American Ninja Warrior and Team Ninja Warrior. Check Armchair Ninja Podcast out on iTunes or stop by ninjapodcast.com. Thanks so much for joining the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. If you liked it, please tell a friend. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It would mean a lot. Remember to visit our website at www.wolfpackninjas.com and join us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Join us next time for another exciting episode with your favorite ninjas and informative health tips. I should be interviewing you because uh, <laughs> I, I no honestly I, I can't even fathom the amount of focus and and emotional maturity you must have doing what you do to to see what I can only imagine what you've seen. Thanks, man. It, I mean, I, I admire that, and and I'm sure you have some incredible stories. Yeah, there's some pretty incredible stuff that happens, and uh, yeah, maybe someday we'll have a beer, and and who knows, maybe someday uh, we'll flip the interview around. <laughs> Definitely not the roles, though, please, because <laughs> I don't think I, I think you'd do much better in the kitchen than I would do in an ER. Obviously, uh, I don't know about that. Actually, <laughs> my my wife would argue with you. Actually. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>